At this time, we'll receive our pastor. We certainly want to thank God for all of our leaders, as all of our leaders are very instrumental in our church being what it can be. As you can see with so many leaders, um, it is not just the pastor. This church is bigger than one individual. And there are lots of people that are serving in various capacities to make sure that uh, God is pleased here at our church. So I want to thank all of the leaders, and I also want to thank Reverend Person for his leadership uh, as director of ministries. He has that responsibility. So our leadership is comprised into three areas. Reverend Person has the volunteer ministry leaders, most of them that you saw up front. I'm responsible for the staff, the paid positions here at the church, and also uh, the volunteers, but I leave the volunteers to Reverend Person. And then also we have the joint board, which is led by our chair of our deacon board, Deacon Wayne Jones, and our chair of our trustees, Trustee Wayne Ellison. So we all collectively work together to make sure that our leadership is operating the way that it should. So thank you to all of our leaders. Let's give them another big clap off and a praise. A couple of quick announcements and we're about to jump in. Uh, February is going to be big for us. Um, we are returning uh, to in-person Bible study starting in February with me. And so we are excited about that. Um, we actually are going to be doing a hybrid model. So we're going to look at how we're going to do it where we have some in person and then some who will still be watching because we have people who have been connected to us watching our Bible studies from Mississippi and California and different places. And so we, we don't want to exclude them. So we're going to have a hybrid model where we're going to have some in person, some online. But that is starting in February with me on Wednesdays, noon and 7 p.m. with our hybrid Bible study model. So we're very excited about that. Then also, people have been asking about the choir and what's going on with the choir. Are we going to be returning to singing again? We are going to be adding, starting the first Sunday in February, uh, an additional Sunday for our choirs. And so our choir will be singing and ministering on first and third Sundays. And then on fourth Sundays, our goal is to build up our youth and young adults to where they have a youth and young adult-led choir as well. So we are returning to that format uh, and we'll give you more information, Devon, for those who are interested in wanting to sing in one of the choirs. Uh, there'll be information that'll let you know when those uh, rehearsals and all of that will be. So those things are coming in the month of February. And if you got that, somebody say amen. All right, let's all stand, please. Let's all stand. We need to show some people some love. So let's go ahead and do that. Find some folks and tell them that you love them in Jesus' name. Online, go ahead and give that shout out. Tell somebody that you love them. Online as well.
remain standing after you have shown some love. Ten more seconds, ten seconds. All right, everybody come back to me, please. Everybody stand, please. Turn your Bible to Matthew chapter 4. If you've been keeping along with our daily Bible reading, today's Bible reading is what I'll be preaching. Matthew chapter 4, I'm starting at verse number 17. And then I'm going to go down to verses 23 to 25. Matthew 4, 17 is what I preached last Sunday. It says, from that time on, Jesus began to preach, repent, for the kingdom of heaven has come near. Drop down to verse number 23. It says, Jesus went throughout Galilee, teaching in their synagogues, proclaiming the good news of the kingdom and healing every disease and sickness among the people. News about him spread all over Syria, and people brought to him all who were ill with various diseases, those suffering severe pain, the demon-possessed, those having seizures, and the paralyzed, and he healed them. Large crowds from Galilee, the Decapolis, Jerusalem, Judea, and the region across the Jordan followed him. That's good enough for now. You may be seated. Today is kind of a part two of last week with a twist. Today I am preaching from the gospel of Stella. Took y'all a minute to catch that. Tell your neighbor, say, neighbor, I got my groove back. And it ain't sexual either. Though. I know some of y'all, past the time I'm getting this, no, no, we're going. Father, if you would now please let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in thy sight. God, you are my strength and my redeemer. Let all of God's people say Amen. I got my groove back. Hmm. This year, our theme is kingdom over culture. And if ever there was a time that we as children of God need to focus on the kingdom of God, that time is now. Scriptures tell us um, in our theme for the year, is found in Matthew chapter 6 and verse number 33. And in Matthew 6, 33, it tells us there to seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and everything else will be given to you. And so our focus then is and should not be on the stuff. Our focus as believers should be on the kingdom. 
And Jesus promises, if you focus on the kingdom, I'll make sure you get the stuff. However, for many of us, that's not how we normally do life. Most of us come to church, even as believers, focused on the stuff or what we have or don't have. And then we ask God to supply or add to the stuff and neglect the kingdom. And so this sermon today, I promise you, is one that I want you to hold on to because I want to put in perspective and to help you to understand at the beginning of the year why you were created, what is your purpose, how does the kingdom fit into all of this, and how all of this should be taking place. So the first thing I want to define again, and this is from last week, is what is culture? What is culture? Culture is the behaviors, it is the attitudes, and it is the thoughts of an organization. That's the next slide, Bill. It is the behaviors, attitudes, and beliefs of an organization. Every organization has culture. Your house has culture. The rules of your house is what culture is, what can and cannot be allowed. In church, there is culture. What we find to be acceptable and things that we don't find to be acceptable. I'll use Meech for an example, as I did yesterday. Meech came up, and he shared his heart about the youth and the young adults and the great things that are happening. Some of you couldn't receive what he was saying because he had a hat on. And the whole time he was talking, you couldn't even hear what he was saying because you were sitting there saying, why that boy got that hat on? <laughs> so just let me mess with you for a moment because you do realize that hats are a cultural norm that have been defined by mankind. There's nowhere in scripture that talks about a hat in church. As a matter of fact, there are women in the, Sister Linda, stand up for me, please. Sister Linda, stand up. She got a hat on, ain't nobody say nothing. <laughs> so what we have done is we have ascribed that on one level it's okay for a woman to wear a hat. But on the other hand, it's not acceptable for a man to wear a hat. And we have brought that behavior, that attitude, that belief system into the house of God. And what we have to determine is, are some of the things that are happening in church kingdom or culture? And because most people, watch this y'all, most people don't know Bible, they rely on culture. And so now what you have in churches are people that are trying to think about how church should be based on their interpretation of culture, not kingdom. And so if we keep going by culture, then this is the reason why folks stop coming to church. But if you go by kingdom and what kingdom has to offer, people will start coming back. And so I'm simply going to ask you, 
if you missed the heart of what he was saying about how young people were singing and praising God in that video at 2 o'clock in the morning because you were more concerned about his hat, you are more focused on culture than kingdom. Because what he said was, their culture is not the same as our older folk culture. And we have to make space and room for different cultures because it's about the kingdom, his heart, not his hat. So culture is a system of behaviors and attitudes and thoughts that we bring to any organization, families, schools, communities, churches. And far too long, too many churches have been run by culture rather than kingdom. Not here. We're going to run on kingdom. So then the question is, so then the next question is, what is kingdom? Well, kingdom is, again, uh, the Greek word for kingdom is basilia. And it means that there's any space and realm, any space and realm that is governed by a king. This is all review. I gave this to you last week, but for some of you who weren't here last week, I'm kind of catching you up. The problem that we have in our country is that it's difficult for us to understand kingdom because we don't live in a kingdom. We live in a democratic republic where it is the people that decide. It is the people that vote that determine who's elected to office. The Bible isn't governed by democracy. The Bible is governed by kingdom, which suggests that there is a king who is sovereign, and it is the king that determines and rules in a particular space. When you got saved, you got saved not for a democracy. You got saved to be put into a kingdom. And I want to help you understand something as we start the year. There's no place in scripture where Jesus promised you a car. There's no place in scripture where Jesus promised you a house. There's no place in scripture he promised you a better job. What he promised you was the kingdom. So if you come to church because you want more stuff and then you don't get more stuff, don't blame God because God never promised you that. That's culture. See, this is why when we have testimony service, we testify based on stuff. I want to thank God for the new house. I want to thank God for the new car. I want to thank God for the new job because that's culture. But when you testify based on kingdom, I thank God that he kept me in my right mind. I thank God that he saved me and I didn't even deserve to be saved. I thank God that he's got grace over my head when I should have been dead based on the sins that I committed years ago. There's a different testimony when you testify about kingdom than it is culture. So you need to understand culture is what we determine to be right or wrong and kingdom is based on a 
king or sphere of influence. Why is that important? Because last week when I started with you in Matthew chapter 4, verse 17, that was the very first sermon that Jesus preached in the Bible. And it was eight words. Eight words was his sermon. It says in Matthew 4, 17, it says from that time on. What time? From the time that John the Baptist was thrown into prison. It says that Jesus began to preach, repent for the kingdom of heaven has come near. That was his sermon. Repent means to change your, your mindset, to change your thought process, to change the way you live and think and move. Why? Because the kingdom is here now. Now, for most of us, we wrestle with that because we don't understand the kingdom. Because what Jesus is saying is, however you were living before I showed up, you need to change that. Because now that I'm here, I brought the kingdom back to you. And because most people don't understand the kingdom, that's why we don't get excited about it. So I'm going to give it to you today so you can be excited about it. If y'all ready, somebody say, let's go. All right, let's do it. So in between Matthew 4.17 and the Matthew 4.23, which is what I read, there's a little story. I'm not going to go to it into depth, but Jesus chooses and picks his two disciples, Peter and Andrew. They're fishing. He goes up to them and says, follow me. I'll make you fishers of men. They drop their nets. They follow Jesus. But Reverend Person, one of the most important verses that we need to understand about Jesus is Matthew 4.23. If you write in your Bible, I know some of y'all think it's sacrilegious, but you can't write in your Bible. Jesus ain't going to come down because you wrote in your Bible. Put a star beside Matthew 4.23. If it's on your phone, highlight that verse, please, um, because I think you need to understand it. Here's what it says in Matthew 4.23. It says that Jesus taught in the synagogues. He proclaimed the good news of the kingdom, and he healed every man of sickness and disease. Let me say that again, because when I told you, when you read the Bible, you got to read it slow. After Jesus said, repent for the kingdom of heaven has come near, and after he picked his first two disciples, he then went into the synagogues and he taught. He proclaimed the good news of the kingdom. And then he healed every man of sickness. Now, Reverend Person, verses 24 and 25, the Bible says that once he started healing people, people started coming from everywhere. Because they heard that there was a man that could heal. So he's healing people from Decapolis. He's healing people from Syria. He's healing because the word got out. Even in their time, they ain't even had social media. You know the word got out. There was a man that's healing. And the Bible says he healed them of demon possession. He healed them of sickness, blindness, death, any kind of sickness and disease. Verses 24 and 25, the Bible says, and the Lord healed them of all of them. Let me pause, though, and tell you something real quick, and this happens today. There are two things you got to think about for that. Take the slide off for a second. I want to talk to him. I'm going to bring it back up. First thing you got to ask is not how did he heal, but why did he do it? And the reason why he healed 
is because of the first two things that he was doing in Matthew 4.23. He was healing because he was first teaching in the synagogues the word of God. And then he was proclaiming the good news of the kingdom. What does it mean to proclaim? It means to make a formal announcement. He's going into the synagogues and making a formal announcement. Y'all, the kingdom is here. And there is good news about the kingdom. And see, for most of us, we don't know what the good news is about the kingdom. And let me tell you what the good news is about the kingdom right here. The reason why Jesus healed the sick, y'all ready for this? Is because in his kingdom, there ain't no sickness. And because there's no sickness or death in his kingdom, he's given us a sneak preview of what life will be in his kingdom. Lord, I wish somebody understood what I said. Because if you have Bible readers, Reverend Person, you would discover that in Revelation, John says, and I saw a new heaven and a new earth, and the former things were passed away. And he said, and there's no more sickness and no more death. That's the good news. Give me a place where there ain't no more cancer. Give me a place where there ain't no more diabetes. Give me a place where there's no more headaches and migraines or anything like that. It's in the kingdom. It's in the kingdom. It's in the kingdom. But most of us don't understand how kingdom works. So I'm going to give it to you today. Here it is. In order to appreciate this and to answer the question, what is so good about the kingdom? Then I got to take you back. Hmm. But before I take you back, let me make one final point about Matthew 4, 23 and 25. The same thing that happened in their day is happening now. The crowds that were following Jesus were following him because he could heal. They were not following him because of what he said. There were a few people in the synagogues listening to him teach, but the crowds were out in the streets following him to be healed. And here's the problem then and here's the problem now. Most people come to Jesus for what he can do for you. But don't nobody know what he said or what he taught. And Jesus said he proclaimed the good news of the kingdom. There's good news about the kingdom, but won't nobody paying attention to that because all they wanted Jesus to do was to touch. Heal my mama. Give me another job. Give me a bigger house. Let me get more money. And Jesus is saying, I ain't promise you that. I promise you good news of the kingdom. But all they wanted was to be healed. So I want to help y'all understand going into this year. If you're coming to church because all you want is more stuff, then you're likely to get disappointed. Because he ain't promised you that. 
But if you're coming because you want the kingdom, you have a better 23 than you did 22. Now, in order to help you appreciate the kingdom, we got to have a quick Bible study. I got to take you all the way back to the beginning, the very first page of the Bible. So turn in your Bibles, please, to Genesis 1. The question on the table, Reverend E, what is the good news of the kingdom? Because it says Jesus taught in the synagogues. He proclaimed the good news of the kingdom, and he healed all manner of sickness. That was all Jesus' ministry. That's all he did. Genesis 1 and 1. Very first verse of the Bible tells you a lot about what you need to understand about God. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Is that what it says? So watch this, y'all. What we see in the very first verse of the Bible is that God decided out of his own will to create not one, but two kingdoms. The first kingdom is heavens. The second kingdom is earth. The first kingdom is spiritual, what we cannot see. And God created this kingdom long before we get to Genesis 1 and 1. So for eons, God in his own infinite glory and power was basking in his own glory because he created the heavens first, the unseen first. Then he decided out of his own will to create a different realm or space, which is the earth. When we get to Genesis 1 and 1, it is how God created the earth, physical realm. But long before he created the physical realm, he had already created the spiritual. So what we see on the very first page of the Bible, the very first verse of the Bible, is that God is the author and creator and the king of two different realms. He has a spiritual kingdom, and he has an earthly kingdom. Now watch this. He does not run them both the same. Y'all still with me? So check this out. The first one, spiritual, God runs all by himself. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. In spirit realm, in the unseen kingdom, this is where you see all of the stuff that is existing in spaces that we can't see with the naked eye. Why? Because Jesus said in John 4, 24, that God is a what? Spirit. And they that worship him must worship him in what? Not in what? And in truth, right? So if he's a spirit, then that means in order to connect to him, I don't connect to him in this realm. I got to connect to him in a different realm, the unseen. So he created the unseen first, right? And he runs the unseen all by himself. But also in the unseen realm, 
It's heaven, it's hell, it's angels, it's demons. And what are demons? Fallen angels. Angels that disobey God. All of these exist in the first realm that God created. And God owns and operates it all by himself. And watch this. God is so bad that nothing in the spirit realm happens without his permission. How do I know, Reverend Person? Because when you study Job chapter one, chapter one of Job, even Satan had to have permission. Satan had to have permission to enter God's presence. And then Satan had to have permission to touch Job. This didn't happen in the physical realm. This happened in glory. When God and Satan were having this conversation. So what does that mean? That means then that there is a realm that we can't see that is impacting us in the realm that we can see. That's why spiritual warfare is real. Because it is happening in spaces that we can't see. It ain't just you, baby. It could be the forces at work behind you that's preventing you from being able to get all that God wants you to have. Do you understand that Daniel prayed and the Bible says that the angel showed up and the angel told Daniel, I heard your prayer 21 days ago. But me and the demon were fighting before I could even get here. Do you all understand that there are realm, there's a realm that we can't see where forces are at work? And this is the realm that God created first. And all the subjects in it. These things are impacting us even though we can't see them with the naked eye. But we trust that God is king. So the first realm, the most important realm, happened long before Genesis 1 and 1. It was God created the spirit realm of which he is king. But then God decided to create another realm. Hmm. And he called this one the earthly realm or the physical realm. Now watch this, y'all. When you read Genesis, when a king makes a statement, it becomes fact. Right? So when God said, Reverend Person in Genesis 1, let there be light, God can never take light away. Why? Because once the king speaks it, that's it. So watch what happens. I need y'all to see it in verse number 26. Y'all look down with me, please. I'm going to read it so y'all can understand uh, Genesis 1, 26. Because I just told you, whenever God speaks something, whenever a king speaks something, that's it. There ain't no church meeting. There ain't no vote. God said in Genesis 1, let there be like click. There it is. Let there be a firmament of heaven. There it is. Let there be expansion of water. That's sea. There it is. Ain't no, ain't no discussion. So watch what happens in verse 26. It says, then God said, let us make mankind in our image and in our likeness 
so that they may rule over the fish in the sea and the birds in the sky, over the livestock and over all the wild animals and over all the creatures that move along the ground. So God created mankind in his own image. In the image of God, he created them, male and female. He created them. Y'all need to mark that in your Bible. That is your purpose right there. And because half of you don't even understand it, I'm going to help you to understand what God said. So remember, when a king makes a decree, that's it. So when God decided to create the earth, here's what he said. I'm not going to run the earth like I run heaven. I'm not going to run the earthly realm like I run spirit realm. Here's what I'm going to do for the earthly realm. I'm going to create some things, some people. And in my creation of them, I'm going to get them to run it. But the only way they can run it is I got to stay attached to them. Hmm. Huh, I think y'all got it now. You see, here's the good news of the kingdom. When God created the earth, he thought enough of you and I to say to us, you run it. But you can't run it without me. Now, if you also look at that verse, Reverend Person, what you would also discover is what God did not say. God said, you are to rule the fish, the birds, the livestock over every creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth. But here is what you are not to rule each other. Here's where the good news is of the kingdom. God created you to have dominion. Do you know what dominion is? God created you to dominate. And here's where we get messed up in our life. When we feel like things are dominating us versus us dominating it. When God said, you can't rule each other, but you are collectively to rule everything else that I made. And since he spoke it, guess what? That don't change. Do you know what it's called when one person tries to rule over another person? Do you know what it's called? It's called abuse. Do you know what it's called when one person tries to rule another person or a group of people tries to rule another group of people? It's called oppression. What has happened in our country? We've been oppressed. One group of people trying to rule over another group of people. What happens when there's abuse? One person is trying to exert power or dominance over another person. God said on the very first page of the Bible, I called you to run the stuff, not run each other. I am married to Lady Swan. I don't rule her. We rule together. We rule the house that God has given us. We rule together the, the money that God has put in our hands. We rule together the children that God has provided for us. We run together. 
Because it says in verse 27, male and female did he create them, which tells me he gave male and female both the same assignment at the same time, which means at the moment that God created this edict, man and woman both are kings. So why then do we have all this oppression? Why then do we have all this abuse? Why then do we have all this chaos in relationships in our culture, in our society, because Genesis 3 happened. And you know what happened in Genesis 3? Hmm. Satan comes and convinces Adam and Eve to disobey God. God told him, you can eat of any tree of, this, of the God, but if you eat of this tree, you shall surely die. Satan questioned whether or not they were going to die. They fell for it. They didn't die physically, but watch this what happened. But they lost something. You know what they lost? They lost their ability to dominate. They lost the kingdom. And in losing the kingdom, you know what happens when you lose the kingdom and you lose the spirit of God? Instead of you running stuff, stuff start running you. This is where addictions come in. You got stuff running you. This is where um, money is not the issue. Scripture never said money was the issue because the Bible says money answereth to all things. So we know money is important in this kingdom, in this realm. But the Bible says for the love of money is the root of all evil. Why? Because when you chase money, it's got you. You are called to run the stuff around you. You are not called to be run by the stuff. And many of you ain't got your groove because you are being controlled by something else. It is something else that's determining what you're going to do. We got you. Porn got you. A bad relationship got you. Bad finances got you. Gambling got you. And you come into the house of the Lord and you're wondering why you are so depressed. Because you can't dominate when somebody else got you. You ain't called for something else to dominate you. God spoke over your life. Let them have dominion. Let them have authority. Let them run and rule what I created. And the reason why sin is so deadly is because sin prevents us from dominating. Any place in your life where you're not dominating is the same place where sin is tolerated. And you wonder why my life ain't going my way. You wonder why I ain't where I'm supposed to be. The most frustrating part of a person, because it's in us from the beginning, 
is to not be able to have some measure of control of our area. It messes with us. We got to fix that. This is why we like to be in control, because God has put in us before the fall. We are to run this. So watch this. Why is there so much dysfunction in our families? Because we tolerate it. That ain't who God called us to be. Why are we chasing so much stuff that has no real value at the end? Because we're chasing culture more than kingdom. The good news of the kingdom, which Jesus is proclaiming in Matthew 4, started in Genesis 1 because the original plan of God for your life was for you to dominate. Not people dominate my space so I can thrive. This ain't based on money. This is based on spirit. So watch this. God created these two kingdoms, and this is what he said. I'm going to rule the unseen one, but I'm going to create a being to run with my help. The seen one. And the people on the earth are going to run the seen one like I run the spiritual one. That's why when you say the Lord's Prayer, you say, Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as what? Because the goal is for us to run this like God runs his. And how can you run this like God runs his when you ain't got God? Good luck with your family trying to raise your family without God. Good luck trying to hold on to your money when you ain't got God to give you self-control. Good luck trying to be in relationships with somebody and don't have God at the center of that relationship. Good luck in your career trying to maintain a career knowing it wasn't you and your job and your degree that got you the job in the first place. It was God that put you on the mind of a boss to give you a chance that you didn't deserve. So Jesus shows up and he said, I got some good news. You can get your groove back. I got some good news. You don't have to have stuff controlling you anymore. I got some good news. You ain't got to have people controlling you anymore. I got some good news. You ain't got to be chasing stuff and having addictions and having all kinds of stuff because the kingdom. Lord, I wish I had some people that want to live like this. I don't want to be controlled by nothing. I don't want to be manipulated by people. I don't want there to be abuse. I don't want there to be oppression. I want to be able to rule what God has given to me and do it in the glory of God. And I recognize I can't do it without him. 
He taught in the synagogues. He proclaimed the good news of the kingdom and he healed the sick. But we missed all that because we were just focused on him healing. But do you know why he was healing? He healed because in the spirit realm, there ain't no sickness. And I'm trying to show you what you can be. So then somebody would say, well, pastor, how come then believers get sick? How come we die? Because after Adam and Eve sinned, sin and death entered into this world. But last I checked, Jesus said we in this world. Which means even if I get sick in this world, even if I get called home in this world, I got a mansion waiting on me. Let not your hearts be troubled. I need some Bible readers up in here. He that believeth in God, believe also in me. For in my Father's house, that's spiritual right there. That ain't here, that's in spirit realm. I got many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I'm going to get your spirit house ready. That when you're ready to leave here, you're going to walk into a place that you ain't never seen before. Eyes have not seen. Ears have not heard. Give me kingdom, God. Your kingdom come. Your will be done. That's the good news, y'all. The good news is ain't no shootings in the kingdom. Ain't no, the good news is ain't no mistreatment of people in the kingdom. The good news is it ain't no oppression and abuse and all kinds of crazy stuff that's happening in this realm. It ain't happening in his kingdom. And that's why Jesus said, seek first. Chase my kingdom first. Chase what you can't see first. Chase the fruit of the Spirit first. Chase the gifts of the Spirit first. And in all his righteousness. And if you chase what you can't see, I'll give you everything you can see. But if you keep chasing what you can see, you're going to miss. And you won't be able to rule. And you won't be able to dominate. And you won't be stellar. You won't have your groove back. Because you need him to help you to dominate. So you know what happens when we sin? It happened to Adam and Eve and this is what happened to us. When we sin, God said, okay. You think you know how to run this? Go ahead on. And he steps back just like this and watches us make a mess of our life. And God says, you know what? You're going to come back eventually. I'll just wait you out. And the reason why I can wait you out is because you on time. I just exist. I made time. I ain't got nothing but time. I'm eternal. You are temporary. You coming back to me. Lord, I wish I had five people that understand. When we do it his way. 
So the next time you want to go ahead and intentionally sin, you want to intentionally do something against the will of God, what you are now saying is, I would rather be ran than run. What you're saying is, I would rather have something control me than me control it. This is why Paul said in 1 Corinthians chapter 6, you need to read it. He says, all things are lawful, but not all things are expedient or beneficial to me. Just because I can do it don't mean I should do it because I don't want to give over the power. Get your groove back. Stop chasing stuff that don't give you no value. Stop being run by stuff that you can't manage. That's why finances is jacked up because you ain't letting him rule. Because you think in your mind, if I just get this next job, if I just get this raise, if I just get this, God said, it no matter how much you make, if I ain't with you, you ain't going to manage that, right? Because if I'm with you, I'll make your money stretch. You can make half of what somebody else makes, but I'll make sure every bill is paid. I'll make sure you sleep good at night. I'll make sure you have everything that you need. We got to chase kingdom. Not this culture mess. Because ain't nothing good in the culture. There's nothing helpful in the culture. Here's the good news in the kingdom God's kingdom is not, see, y'all be seated. I got one more thing I got to say. Y'all, y'all got me excited. Y'all standing too long. You're making me nervous. <laughs> you know, I was fascinated about Great Britain because Great Britain has the monarchy, right? The king and the queen and all that kind of stuff, right? Because that's not us here. How, check this out, y'all, how do they work up the race? How does the prince become the king and all that kind of stuff? You ready for this? The only way that a prince can become a king, you got to be born into the family. Five people caught what I just said. The average citizen can't be royalty. You got to be born into it. Come here, Reverend Pretlow. In John chapter 3, Nicodemus goes to Jesus and says, Teacher, I know you are a great rabbi because some of the stuff that you're doing can't nobody do. Jesus cut to the chase. If you want to be royalty with me, you got to be born again. Lord, I wish I had some people that understand when I'm born again, I'm in the kingdom. I'm in royalty. I am a king's kid. And in the kingdom, y'all ready for this? In the kingdom, everybody's a king. That's the good news. In his kingdom, everybody's a king. How do I know, Reverend Person? Because in Revelation, John says that when he describes Jesus, the name that he gives him is King of Kings. 
and Lord of Lords. God did not create you to be stepped on and ruled over and oppressed and manipulated. This ain't got nothing to do with gender. God created you to be a king. I created you to rule what I made. The fish, the birds, the livestock, everything. Everybody in his kingdom is worthy. Everybody in this kingdom, some people are considered trash. With him, you are king. When you start walking with God, stop telling your family members, because you know family members always want to go back to what you used to do. Man, you remember when we used to do this cuz? Boy, we had a time, didn't we, cuz? Out there on that street, boy, we were doing all kinds of stuff. Shut all that down. All you got to do is tell them this now. But I'm a king now. That's the good news. So I got one last slide. Put that slide up and we're done. When Jesus came, this is why he came to the earth. The first reason why Jesus came was to die for our sins. But why did he die for our sins? He died for our sins, and this is why we celebrate the communion, because dying for our sins made it possible for God and man to be reconciled. And when reconciliation was possible, that meant that the kingdom could come back to us. So when Jesus shows up, the first thing that he didn't talk about was him dying. He won't talking about the blood. The first thing Jesus did when he showed up and started preaching, he said, guess what, y'all? Kingdom is back. I'm here to tell all y'all who rock with me, you can get your groove back. And this is your purpose. Genesis 1, then we are to reproduce ourselves. We are to reproduce kings and show them how to rule. This is the family business that God established. I loved you so much that I wanted you to join in with me and join in the privilege of knowing what it's like to run. Give me the kingdom. Y'all take the stuff. I want to be able to tell the enemy, sit down. I want to be able to go home today and declare, devil, you will not have any more space in my house. Y'all chase the stuff. Jesus never promised that. He promised the kingdom. And now that you know, 
what the good news is, why Jesus was going around before he was healing, he was proclaiming. The good news is, y'all, the kingdom is possible again. You have the ability to live now like God always wanted you to be when he first had you in his mind. That is not to be oppressed. That is not to be abused. That is not to be run over. But I made you to rule. But you can't do it without me. Thank you, Lord. Father, I want to thank you for today because, God, now we see clearly what the good news is. For so long, God, we've been, if we're honest, we've been controlled by things and people and situations, and we can admit it doesn't feel good when it feels like we're being ruled. And that's because sin has marred how we are supposed to rule. So God, I pray now for every person here that is in your will. Give them now the ability to dominate, to have dominion and authority as which you have already given us even before sin entered the world. Let us rule here in the physical like you rule there in the unseen. That's why you made us. You made us to be a reflection of you in the physical realm so that others could see what they can't see in you physically. Thank you for our purpose. We got it now. This year going to be different now. I'm not going to be controlled. I'm not going to have substances control me. I'm not going to be giving in to things that dictate my course of life. That's not what you called me to be. Because you also said that by your spirit, every yoke can be broken. So I decree now that any area of our life that is controlling us, I pray you break it right now. Any addiction, break it, God. Any dysfunctional relationship, fix it, God. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Tell your neighbor, say, neighbor, get your groove back. You gonna walk out of here today, what's your name? My name is Stella. I thought your name was George. No, my name's Stella, man. I done changed my name. Here are the announcements for the week real quick before we leave. Go ahead and show those announcements, please. Hello, Ivy family. I'm Breon Jones, here to inform you on the Ivy announcements. Happy New Year, everyone. We are looking for a few good men and women to be 
and Ivy Uber Eats driver on Tuesdays and Thursdays to deliver hot meals. Please contact Clint Bryant at cbryant at ivybaptistchurch.org if you want to serve on the team. Calling all men. Let's start the new year off right. Man Up Monday 2023. New year, new focus is our theme. January 16th at 7 p.m., join us in person at Ivy. Marriage and engaged couples, join vow keepers to kick off the new year with a fun game night. Friday, January 20th at 6.30 at Ivy. This is a potluck event. RSVP required. Please email vowkeepers at ivybaptistchurch.org. For more information on childcare, include in your RSVP email. Okay, jumpstart your health with Power Hour Workouts with Shannon. 7.30 a.m. on Saturdays in the chapel. January dates are the 14th and 21st. Register on Ivy website. Come sit down at the Social Justice Cafe, January 28th from 10.30 to 12. Light refreshments serve as we discuss community issues and plan our civic engagements for the year. Register now on our website and Ivy app. Thank you, Ivy family, for your attention to our announcements. Remember to stay connected to Ivy by visiting our website, social media, and our Ivy app. It is my prayer that you have a blessed and wonderful week. Remember, kingdom over culture in 2023. We encourage you to be in prayer for members of our church and community who are requesting prayer for themselves or for loved ones who are sick, shut in, or in bereavement. Please pray for the names you now see on your screen. Amen. Let's all stand, please. Let's wave goodbye to our online folks online. If you want to receive Christ, there's somebody standing by right now. If you want to join our church, somebody standing by right now to greet you and to receive you. For those in the room, don't start your year still being controlled by something else. That's not how God... New Year's Happy New Year, everyone. We are looking for a few good men and women to be an Ivy Uber Eats driver on Tuesdays and Thursdays to deliver hot meals. Please contact Clint Bryant at cbryant at ivybaptistchurch.org if you want to serve on the team. Okay, jumpstart your health with Power Hour Workouts with Shannon. 7.30 a.m. on Saturdays in the chapel. January dates are the 14th and 21st. Register on Ivy website. God will step back and allow you to try to make this, these decisions on your own. And look at where that's got you. Come sit down at the Social Justice Cafe, January 28th from 10.30 to 12. Light refreshments serve as we discuss community issues and plan our civic engagements for the year. Register now on our website and IV app. Love you in Jesus' name.
marriage and engaged couples. Join Vow Keepers to kick off the new year with a fun game night. Friday, January 20th at 6.30 at Ivy. This is a potluck event. RSVP required. Please email vowkeepers at ivybaptistchurch.org. For more information on childcare, including your RSVP email. One thing that's true about Ivy is that we don't just love God, but we also love God's people and our community. We have started an initiative called Operation Bless the Community. And since we started it, we have raised almost $150,000. And all of the resources are going right back out into our community so our community and our families can be better. We're going to do it again this year. We want your support. Any donation of any amount that goes to Operation Bless the Community will go out into the communities that we serve to make our place better for everyone. We want everybody to win around here. So please, why don't you consider giving a donation to Operation Bless the Community? Any size, any amount, all of it will go toward blessing our community and helping those in need. We appreciate in advance your support. Calling all men. Let's start the new year off right. Man Up Monday 2023. New year, new focus is our theme. January 16th at 7 p.m. Join us in person at Ivy. Happy New Year, everyone. We are looking for a few good men and women to be an Ivy Uber Eats driver on Tuesdays and Thursdays to deliver hot meals. Please contact Clint Bryan at cbryan at ivybaptistchurch.org if you want to serve on the team. Okay, jumpstart your health with Power Hour Workouts with Shannon. 7.30 a.m. on Saturdays in the chapel. January dates are the 14th and 21st. Register on Ivy website. Come sit down at the Social Justice Cafe, January 28th from 10.30 to 12. Light refreshments serve as we discuss community issues and plan our civic engagements for the year. Register now on our website and IV app. Marriage and engaged couples. Join Vow Keepers to kick off the new year with a fun game night. Friday, January 20th, at 6.30 at Ivy. This is a potluck event. RSVP required. Please email vowkeepers at ivybaptistchurch.org. For more information on childcare, including your RSVP email.
One thing that's true about Ivy is that we don't just love God, but we also love God's people and our community. We have started an initiative called Operation Bless the Community. And since we started it, we have raised almost $150,000. And all of the resources are going right back out into our community so our community and our families can be better. We're gonna do it again this year. We want your support. Any donation of any amount that goes to Operation Bless the Community will go out into the communities that we serve to make our place better for everyone. We want everybody to win around here. So please, why don't you consider giving a donation to Operation Bless the Community? Any size, any amount, all of it will go toward blessing our community and helping those in need. We appreciate in advance your support.